Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, welcome to Horse Hour. I'm Amy Stevenson. And what an exciting day today was. It was the Grand Prix Freestyle Dressage. Charlotte Dujardin and Vallegro were phenomenal. I won't give away too much right now, but I am going to catch up with Nick Reeves. He creates music for dressage competitions right up to Grand Prix level. So I'm really interested to get his thoughts on the music that was chosen at today's competition. This is Horse Hour. How exciting was the Grand Prix freestyle dressage? Amazing. I mean, we won again, which is incredible. We got gold. <laughs> Can you believe that? Bless Charlotte. I mean, at the end, the very end, I could just see the relief in her face. She burst into tears and she just loves Vallegro. Yeah, it's... no, it's so emotional. And I mean, she didn't just win, but she won by such a great margin. It was incredible. Her final mark was absolutely extraordinary. I think she got something 97% for the actual artistic mark, which is extraordinary. No one came close to that. It's amazing. And her overall mark was 93%, over 93. Yeah, nearly 94%. It's insane, isn't it? Absolutely insane. Can you remember, what did she win at London 2012? I don't remember the mark, to be honest. No, I don't. Because she was the first person to ever get over 90% in any Olympic Games. And I'd be yeah, really interested yeah. to know if which what she did score to see if this one was higher than before. But either way, it's <laughs> like, gold is incredible. Yeah, this wasn't a world record what she got today, but it's a, a very very high score. And also, I think when they talked about the last Olympics, the the person that she came that came second to her came within like a quarter of a mark mm. to her mark. So this time she just wiped the floor clean with her her riding. So oh, bless it her. was unbelievable. Totally deserved, <laughs> totally deserved. And um, for Carl Hester as well, you know, he trains the Great British team as well as riding as an individual himself. So that's a, a lot of pressure for one person. And um, and he seems to, you know, be so cool about it and so calm. I know, wasn't he? I mean, I actually thought, I mean, I've made so many notes here. I'm going to struggle to find all the bits I want to talk to you about. But his music was phenomenal. And I, I, his music was one of the highlights for me of the whole thing. Um I actually enjoyed his music better than I enjoyed Charlotte's music. Um, but I think that's just because it, for me, it sort of touched in a kind of more emotional journey, cinematic level. Charlotte's was all kind of up in a sort of carnivaly, fiesta, almost Latino South American vibe, which obviously suits the environment beautifully. So, mm. but they were both, Tom Hunt did all the UK, the British music, didn't he? And yes. It was all seamless. And, um, you really got a sense that the, the music was tailored to fit the horse. There was no sense that they were cobbling stuff together. 
um, you know, he'd, he'd obviously arranged and scored this, so it fitted just like a glove. Well, I, when 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 I heard that Tom Hunt was doing a, a piece of music for each individual rider for the whole of Team Go Britain, I thought there might be some sort of theme throughout the four, throughout the group. But like you just said, then there isn't. There, you, you know, sometimes it, it's when you have one person creating um, a masterpiece, they have their own style, their own technique, their own, their own way of doing things. It's very hard for them to not show their their artist creativity throughout everybody that they work with i'm presuming so i kind of thought oh there might be a risk that all four could be quite similar but they weren't they were totally different i know i was thinking exactly that particularly between carl and charlotte because obviously they were probably going to be the top two of our riders and um i thought they were very distinctly different i thought they were really they'd, he'd really chosen the direction of the music in, in a very sort of um uh, confident way as well um, I mean, just, yeah, I mean, it was it was very distinct for both riders, and I really enjoyed that. What about the guy at the end, the Spanish man? He's got a horse called Lorenzo. And yeah, so he, he was the one that the audience loved, didn't they? They loved him, um, but he did make a few technical errors. Um, but yeah. his music, I have to say, Nick, it literally brought me to tears. I think the last... Watching the last four riders. Uh, that was uh, Severo Jesus from Spain. Yeah. Riding Lorenzo. So the last. He was a 16. Yeah. yeah, the last four riders. I think. I think yeah. the whole way across, no matter what rider was riding, the creativity of their choreography was brilliant. Um, we expect yeah. them to be at a high level technically anyway, because they're at the Olympics. So yeah. of course, it is phenomenal, a million times better than we could ever do, you know, in our field with our horse. <laughs> but particularly the last session, it really ramped up a gear. You could feel whoever put the timings together. I don't know if, if they're meant. Are they meant to have the top. Yeah, that's a stupid thing to say. It's the they top riders. Uh, they, yeah, they sort of go in reverse. So essentially, the the, the lower ranked ones start the competition and they build up to the, the sort of top names. I mean, I had a few um, standout ones from earlier on that I thought were fantastic. And I thought the Dutch guy, um, Hans Peter Minderhold, uh, who was riding Johnson, had he he had one of the best musics for me. I mean, he chose an orchestral kind of style to ride to. And I just felt that the music was so brilliantly connected to the riding. Mm. And it was, it was a, throughout, there was a massively, it was a perfect kind of interpretation of the music from the beginning to the end of the routine. And it gave a sense of a kind of journey as you, as you watched the routine. There were lots of kind of variations that brought you down. And then there were some climactic moments that lifted you right up. And I thought that was really, he got quite, he got an 83 for the um, artistic mark but his technique was slightly down um but it really felt like the music was tailored for him and his horse you know it was just i thought that was phenomenal and and also as i said carl hester's one i thought was, was absolutely fantastic what was it coming from a producer's point of view because you produce dressage music what you do all day every day is is make sure the music is right for the rider and right for the horse what was it that you loved so much about carl's music um, well, I mean, he cho chose quite a bold and brassy um, style to ride to. And um, I mean, the main thing for me, I mean, what I, I could probably highlight it better by saying maybe what a few of the things that didn't work so well for other riders. And I felt that the strict rhythm that people used, when the rhythm was very clear and very defined, it really helped, particularly at the beginning of the rides, to get the horses bang on rhythm. 
and bang on tempo. And that to me is when, because a few of the other riders sort of didn't get very confident starts. And I think that meant that their general confidence level and the momentum of their ride took a bit more time to get established. Mm. Whereas Carl's is a great example of um, one that started really strongly. And then it was confident and powerful from the beginning. And it just, it just all held together really, really well. Um, so yeah, I, I think overall I felt that the, the riders that chose strong percussive and sort of um, drum-based rhythms as opposed to kind of musical rhythms, if, if there was a structure underneath, like a drum track, it really sort of helped hold the um, performance together in a very, very strong way. Um, so yeah, I think that was the, the, the main thing. It just seemed to drive it in a very confident well, way. It feels more powerful. And we're, when we're watching it, it's... I. I just want to, I look at it as a show. It's, I know it's not a show, it's a competition and it's the Olympics, but anytime you put music with something, you're like, this is a show. And and even yeah, one of the good. German riders even had the song from Queen, the show must go on. And as soon as that came on, I thought, yes, you get it. This is a show. And, and they're called <laughs> the Dancing Horses. And obviously there's a lot of technical, there's a lot of, it's all technical marks, but um, from... A point of view like us as the audience the audience got so behind um the spanish rider because they felt mm. it they felt his uh, they felt his passion they felt his um his music they felt they felt his emotion they were in that moment at that time and for me when i'm looking at types of music that i want to use or i want to ride to i want to feel that emotion and charlotte you felt it she felt it she burst into tears carl you felt it whether that's the bass, whether that's the beat, whether that's the rhythm, some of the other riders, I didn't feel it. And so that's where I feel yeah, no, I, I, that they might have lost marks. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe you're right. And it might all be down to the moment, you know, maybe on another day that they ride, they feel it in a different way. So I think there's a little bit about what the kind of metal that people are made of when it comes down to the competition. You know, some some deliver, some rise above it and, and, and go way and beyond their, their own expectations and I think that was really evident today you know there was quite a big distinct difference between the really exceptional rides and the the ones that were obviously still fantastic but the ones didn't quite get up to the same level so um, what gets more marks if you've got a powerful piece of music that the horse is literally the extended trots are to the point and they're long uh, their legs are long out in front and straight would that get more marks than say something that is um, a little bit more floaty a little bit lighter not so heavy on the drum um, and more elegant and soft I think I mean I, I, I don't think that you can really say because I think that it's all down to what actually happens when the ride and the music go together. Mm. So you can have floaty music that's really structured and rhythmic. It doesn't have to be heavy in any way, but it can really, because there was a lot of music they used, a lot of people use strings and orchestral sounds, mm. and they have stabbing, stabbing little um, uh, high strings, which are beautiful and very sort of like delicate, but they're very distinct and they create rhythm and they create tempo. So in the same way as a sort of deeper, heavier beat can create rhythm, if you've got a high sound, because some of them, another one, um, the popular Spanish guy, because he came on to Santana, that was mm. his opening piece, and then halfway through it changed, it was like, and he ended with Bon Jovi, It's My Life, which I thought was 
But um, he did some pirouettes where they, on the pirouette, literally the only thing you heard was a very high piano sound. Mm. And it was just delicate, but it, it was clear, so the, the tempo was still really distinct. But the tempo is defined by an instrument that's high in pitch, not like a deep drum or a deep bass line. And so you can equally, I think, reward the audience and be rewarded as a rider by choosing music that cleverly defines your rhythms and, and tempos. And, and I think that was a great example, because after he did the pirouette on two occasions, I think, he launched into the canter, and the music then lifted off with a deeper rhythmic bassy sound. And that gives such a great contrast. And as an audience member, you feel the theatrical sort of delivery at that moment. Mm. And you, you feel rewarded, because you've sort of been taken into that intimate moment of quiet, and then lift it up into something which is really dramatic, and you go, you feel the ride happening. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think there's, that's my answer to your question. <laughs> yeah, no, great. Some of them were just completely mesmerising, and and you yeah. almost felt like you were watching a movie or watching a film. Yeah, I think that's exactly how it should be. You should you should almost be, in a way, you should be transported by what from with what you're looking at. Yeah, you know, so it's it's like a it's like it is like theatre it's like a dance it's like a cinema so you kind of get drawn into some sort of almost like a sort of an emotional narrative it was so nice to see some pop songs coming into the olympics because traditionally yeah. dressage has been known to be very classical orchestras only only classical music and um, and they really have moved i say moved with the times um, but by having Bon Jovi's, yeah. you know, whenever was that, the 80s. But um, but they are moving and they are being more creative and they're being braver. And um, uh, I remember A Wise Soul, I think it was you, Nick, said to me a while ago, uh, I said, why don't people ever use the, the vocals? Why don't they have any lyrics in their songs? And your response to that was, can you remember? <laughs> well, I, I, think it, I think it was sort of, I mean, because it was sort of all entrenched in the kind of the... Uh, the, the tradition of it yeah and essentially that you know too many lyrics can distract maybe um but i think that the lyrics we heard because we heard there was a really lovely um combination of beach boys earlier on and i thought that was a great jewelry isn't a gift you give just once it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Great montage of music. And it wasn't, the lyrics did come into it, but it wasn't too heavy on the lyrics. It was kind of a, it's sort of accented something that you were very familiar with. Exactly, and 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 that's my point is that they were they were a few lyrics which we don't normally get, um, but they were only a few. And where some people would ride to all the lyrics, it was proof that it wasn't needed. Um, in this yeah. instance, you didn't need all the lyrics because the the music and the background kind of spoke for itself. Um, and I thought yeah. the Beach Boys, but the the way that that was put together, I thought that was put together really really well. That's yeah, great. It was so good because the. They only really used two of the Beach Boys songs, God Only Knows and Good Vibrations, I think. And But they used that for everything. And it was so clever because they obviously reorchestrated it and reproduced it entirely. So when they went into some of the slower bits, like the walk and some of the pirouettes, they, they took the themes that you'd already heard but represented them in a slightly different way. And that was great because throughout that you felt like this is a known territory, the sound that you're listening to. Mm. Whereas we had some other music um which was just you know wasn't familiar at all and i think you have to be careful with your music choices that if it's an unfamiliar piece it's got to be very distinct and accessible and i think a few of the pieces we heard which we weren't familiar with essentially became a little bit sort of um disengaging at times because we just didn't know them that well whereas when you do play a trump card like a queen's (laughs) show must go on you know you suddenly got uh, like probably about 80 percent of your audience know that they, they love the drama in the music. They even know, might know the song inside out, but they don't need to hear the song to know what it feels like. So, mm. um, yeah, we had a, quite a big swathe of, you know, from the really popular stuff to the newly composed stuff. I think some of the stuff was brand new written. And then some of the reinterpreted stuff of other themes and other, other pieces of music that we, we hadn't you know, heard in that way before. So it must be good, hard for the judge because you see how how well we connect with music, and um, and you either you know people were tweeting today. I hate that song. This song, you know, does a uh, <laughs> and I said, why don't you like? Well, what is it that you don't like? And they were like, it's too dramatic. It's too hard. It's too heavy. Um, whilst I would love that. So that the hard and the heavy and the dramatic. I'm all about that. So that just shows two different personal opinions. It must be hard for the judge to not kind of have their personal opinion on it. Well, it's, I mean, exactly true. And if we go back again to uh, the, the, the really popular Spanish guy, when he started with the Santana music, I sort of had a smile on my face because about six months ago, I, I did a Grand Prix routine for a woman using Santana, and it was exactly that piece of music. And I, I absolutely loved it, and I passed it on to her. And she rode it, actually, it must have been last year. She rode it for about three or four months and then came back to me and said, I really don't like it. Oh, no. Yeah, and I was really disappointed because I thought, this is so powerful and so rhythmic and so sort of evocative. And, and then it just wasn't her taste. I mean, she, she initially said she liked it, and, and then she came back and said, it's not working for me. And then you get him come on the pitch um, today, riding and it's probably the most well-received routine of the day mm. it was the most sort of odd sort of um interactive anyway and uh 
sort of think, well, it is literally horses for courses, isn't it? <laughs> it is, it is. Um, I, I, I could be wrong here, so I'm going to ask your opinion. But um, I, I, what I remember from the 2012 Olympics in Charlotte's routine were the bells. Um, it almost, to me, reminded I, me of Big Ben. And I'm, it was. It was Big Ben. But yeah. I, I swear a few people used that, those bells in their, quite a few people, at least three or four, yeah. used the bells in their performances today in Rio. Yeah, they did. I mean, they didn't, it wasn't Big Ben, but effectively chiming bells are quite, I mean, like, I, I think one that I heard today, um, it was a, a different bell. It wasn't Big Ben, but it, effectively it was used in a quieter moment because it chimed out as they moved. And it was on the, on the beat, so like on the step, on the hoof floor. And, um, you know, it's a great way because it was quite an empty moment in the music. You had this chiming bell, which is mm. almost haunting and stuff. And I thought, well, these things do work and there's no reason why they can't be used over and over <laughs> again. Um, no, I like that, yeah. I, and, but, yeah, she obviously did well with her London Big Ben bells down at the Horse Guard Parade, didn't she? Yeah, no, she did, but I didn't know if that was allowed, if you were allowed to take pieces from other people's routines that they did, and I guess it's a new I season. Think, I don't think you can essentially um, sort of have a, a trademark over a bell. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe not. <laughs> so I, I, I would definitely say that the bells were of a different pitch, even if they were, you know, same Big Ben bells. But no, I mean, it, it's a bell ringing, and I think that's, uh, that's probably quite been used many, many times over the years. And even though we sort of, Charlotte Dujardin had that brilliant moment famous. with it. Oh, yeah. yeah, she's made it. She sort of claimed the fame on that one, didn't she? But I'm sure it's been used before. But yeah, I mean, it was. It's nice to hear different versions of that today. So one one thing that I um hadn't really sort of seen very much of was that uh, quite a few, uh, well, probably three or four of the riders came in to their intro and the halt. They didn't really have any break in the music at the halt. So normally, whenever I'm producing music, they, they want every rider wants their sort of 20 seconds of intro, then a five second silence for the halt, and then the new music to start. But there was definitely a few, including the, the USA um, rider, Laura. Um, she rode in, and there was no silence, and the music carried on, and she just sort of paused for a minute and carried on. I thought that was quite interesting. So, I liked that. It yeah, felt, yeah, no, because it is the entry is part of the performance. It's part of the test, yeah. isn't it? So how they stand, how they halt, how they then move forward. And I liked that she incorporated all of that within her music. Yeah, yeah, no, I did too. I mean, I, I think, you know, there were great examples of that working and then great examples of it working with the silence. So, I mean, it, interestingly, the very next one, which was um, Germany, uh, Isabel, and... Um, you know, she came in and did a very clear halt and then she went off again. And that was very strong in terms of an introduction. And, you know, we were all sitting there thinking, can she beat Charlotte? But she fought well. <laughs> Charlotte won. So that was amazing. Um, <laughs> she did. She did so well. The whole team did well. I mean, Fiona Bigwood, she was amazing today. There were a couple of little mistakes, but how she rode with um, to the music, I thought was phenomenal because the horse Orthelia was on point. Those it's it seems the whole of take, Team Great Britain get the extended trot to the T. You know, it's on every yeah. single beat. <laughs> While some of the other riders, I noticed they weren't necessarily on the beat all the time. Yeah, I mean, I think that this is a, something that I find as well is that. If you get like the training video, people practicing their routines, um, they're often in a more relaxed environment. And so put them into the tense competition scenario 
Mm. And everybody tends to laugh a little bit. So there were quite a few riders actually that all finished before their music today. I don't know if you just saw, like there was maybe two or three seconds before the music ended. So they had to kind of halt the music played on and then they did a kind of bow. And, you know, I'm sure ideally they all wanted to end bang on their last um, beats. But I think that what happens is that, you know, there's a propensity that everyone's going to move a little bit faster in competition because of the kind of nerves and the, the tenseness of the, the atmosphere. So um, that's something to watch out for. When I'm um, creating the routines, I'm always conscious that people possibly are going to go a little bit faster when they get into their competition mode. So I'd be the worst person ever to pick music for and make music because I get so excited <laughs> that if I had something that was really high energy, my poor horse would be going mental because my heart rate would be going because I get so excited by it. As soon as there's music <laughs> put together with horses, like they say from 2012, it's the dancing horses and it, and it really, really is. Now, this doesn't help the equestrian industry because from now on, the perception is the horses are dancing. So actually, the expectations, I think, of the riders and horses have gone up so much. And I think also, you're absolutely right. And I also think that the notion that this is a theatrical performance, as much as it is a sporting event, mm. you know, people go there. It's a bit like when Torvald Dean won the ice dancing in like 1984 or whatever it was. It changed the way people looked at that sport. And people love entertainment and that more and more when I'm producing routines for people they want it to be sort of they want people to have an experience not just to kind of technically achieve a routine they want to sort of feel the music they want to kind of theme, theme the music and I think that was really really evident today is that you know it's really people are really sort of progressing with that as a notion. Mm. So if we all watched today then we watched the Grand Prix freestyle dressage um Great Britain did amazingly well. Charlotte Jardin and Vallegro got gold. That was incredible. But what can we as riders take away from the musical element? The bottom line is you've got to love the music you ride to. I don't think you, you know, unless you've got some really out there quirky musical taste that no one's ever going to understand. I think you've got to basically feel really great and sort of engage with the music that you ride to. And it shouldn't be that you're trying to please a pub, an audience. It should be that because there's a real difference that I've seen between riders that are on horses that love the music they ride or riders that are on horses that think this is the music that the judges are going to want to hear. Mm. And there's it, it a disconnect there. And there's a real sense of connection when, when riders are loving the music. And it's I will have people write back to me on numerous occasions saying, I'm just loving writing my music and it's such a pleasure and blah, 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 you know. So that will instantly generate an experience for your audience because you see someone, the horse and the rider are connected and enjoying it in that way. So that would be the starting point. I think that's what people need to really focus on and take away when they look at that if they're thinking of doing dressage to music. Love the music you're riding to. Well, that just makes it so much easier, doesn't it? I mean, it sounds really easy, but it's funny that it's not. <laughs> no, of course it's not. It's not. The difficult thing is putting the music together. Is That's where you come in. And that's why we ask somebody like yourself to actually create the music, because it's not just a case of clicking play on your favourite track that you've downloaded from iTunes. It's it's the time limit. Um, it's Is it four minutes, four to five minutes? Well, the, the Grand Prix is longer, isn't it? It's over five minutes. Mm. There five and a half minutes, these ones, but... Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, sometimes the music that you love isn't going to suit your riding. So there, there are limitations because a trot 
the pace of a trot, the trace, pace of a canter, the pace of all, all the other gates is is going to fall into a parameter of, of beats per minute, literally the timing of each piece of music. So you can't just pluck a piece of music out of the air and say, I want to ride to that. It's got to fit the tempo of the horse. And sometimes you can adjust it to make it fit, but there, you can't. You can't be too. You can't adjust music too much because it then becomes. It just sounds horrendous. We're going to do a whole new podcast, aren't we? Um, you and I really delving into how we find the right music for dressage, how we pick the right beats per minute for the horse, what sort of moves that we can do to different beats. Um, so we're going to do that, aren't we? We are, and I can't. I can't <laughs> wait. Thank you so much. Did you enjoy watching the freestyle dressage today? I did, and I really, I really enjoyed the fact that they do. I mean, this is nothing against the earlier riders because obviously everyone's at an incredible level, mm. skill level. But I loved the way they ramped it up towards the end. So you, you know, you really were anticipating the last six riders, and once Charlotte Desjardins had just <laughs> gone crazy and done that amazing score, you then thought, "Wow, can she? Is she going to do it? Are they going to? Is she going to keep that goal?" And that was really edge of your seat stuff. It was amazing. Thank you for your time, Nick. Amy, it's lovely to chat and we'll talk soon. And uh, what a great day for Britain and the dressage team. You've been listening to Horse Hour. Join the community on Twitter Mondays, 8 p.m. UK time, 3 p.m. Eastern by using the hashtag Horse Hour. Follow Amy at AmyStevenson1 and subscribe to us on Acast, iTunes, Stitcher and Player FM. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 